Hi, I'm Edwards Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Whenever we were expecting a new baby in our family, there was always so much excitement in the three households, so much anticipation, joy. I remember the little kids would want to go up and touch best tummy and say hello to the baby. Hi, baby, and get ready to welcome this new child into the family life. Well, I want you just to imagine for a moment the Blessed Virgin Mary. Imagine her pregnancy, those nine months as she's carrying this child in her womb. Now, now again, any baby in the womb is amazing, but her mystery of carrying not just any ordinary child, but the Holy Son of God in her womb. Wow, just imagine what, what she was thinking and what she was doing to prepare. She, she's carrying the one in, that is going to be the Savior, the great Messiah. She's carrying her Creator. The, just, just think about that for a moment. The one who created Mary is dwelling within her womb. What a profound mystery that would have been every, every, every time she felt that baby kick. <laughs> you know, she, she's feeling like these divine kicks within her womb. This is God kicking her on the inside. <laughs> what a profound mystery this would have been. What did she do to prepare to welcome the Son of God into this world? And, and then imagine those days and weeks and months right after the baby was born. Imagine she's holding the infant child in her arms. She's holding God in her arms. How amazing that is. She would put the child down for a nap. She's putting God down for a nap. I mean, what, what a mystery this is. Or she'd be nursing the baby. She's feeding this little baby. She's nursing and feeding the one who would feed us, the one who came to nourish us with his life, to send us his spirit, the one who would give us the bread of life in the Eucharist. She's feeding him? What a profound mystery this would have been for Mary. What did Mary do to prepare for this coming of the child? What did she do to welcome the Christ child into this world? Well, we're getting ready right here to celebrate the great season of Advent, my friends. This is the great gift that the church gives us every year to renew our own devotion to Jesus, to kickstart our spiritual life, to, to get things back on track. Every year, we, we can focus in these weeks leading up to Christmas to prepare our hearts to welcome Christ anew. And I think there's many lessons we can learn from Mary and what she did that we can apply to our Advent. So if you want a great Advent this year, if you want to be not just a Catholic who just goes through the motions and you know, you're know you just caught up in the hectic pace of the month of December and just carried away with all the busyness and many things we have to do in December, but, but, but if you want to actually go deeper, you don't want to be swept away by the culture and the pressures of December. No, you want to live Advent. You want to live Advent as a Catholic. Well, if you want to do that, let's turn to the one who lived Advent first and lived it most perfectly, and that is Mary. Let's learn what she did to prepare from the Christ child. And we can apply lessons to our own life to have an amazing Advent this season. And that's what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And you know, if you're thinking about the Advent season, you're looking for something you want to do to go deeper spiritually, maybe deeper in your prayer life, or maybe you just want to jumpstart your prayer life. You haven't been as consistent as you know you need to be. You know, Advent's a great time to say, you know, I'm just going to commit. I'm going to commit every day here in Advent for time and prayer. 
I'm going to take 15, 20, 30 minutes every day in Advent. First thing in the morning or maybe on my way to work or on my way home from work. But I'm going to take that 15, 20, 30 minutes of quiet time for some meditation, reflecting on the scriptures, reflecting on the writings of the saints. Advent is a great time. I know I talked this last fall about a 30-day prayer challenge. Well, Advent would be one of the great ways to live that out, to, to commit and give God 30 days of prayer or these four weeks of Advent and prayer. And you can carry it into the Christmas season and, uh, and, and keep it going a bit. But the idea is you're preparing your heart in a powerful way. So I want to encourage you to think about prayer as one way to live Advent well. And I'm excited because I, I got some news to share with you. And I, many of you I know have, have emailed me and I've, I've seen you know the feedback on, on the new book that I wrote called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. It's 30 short reflections on the Catholic spiritual tradition, on the themes of the spiritual life, like trust, surrender, healing, imperfection. How do I deal with repeated sins? I can't change. Why am I not experiencing change? How do I experience that transformation? Why is my prayer life sometimes dark and I'm distracted or I'm dry? And uh, what's happening there? How is God calling me to go deeper? And it's all the wisdom of the saints. So these 30 short reflections I put together, I want to be really clear, isn't Edward Sree's, you know, this is his spirituality. <laughs> no, no, I'm just handing you the gems of the Catholic spiritual tradition from St. John of the Cross, St. Benedict, St. John Henry Newman, St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Ignatius of Loyola, Mother Teresa, so many great saints. And, and we're just unpacking those themes from their life and from their writings in short reflections that you can take to prayer. As I've said before, the, the book is not a book about prayer. It's a book that you use in prayer to cooperate more with God in prayer, to go deeper in your friendship with him in prayer. This could be a great way to live to live Advent, but I, I want to share with you something exciting. You know, some of you had had, had been contacting me and saying, how, "How do I get a hold of this book?" You know, well, you can always go to Ascension Press. They're they're the publisher of the book. So AscensionPress.com has had the book since August, and many people have been getting it right there. So AscensionPress.com is one way you can get it. But I know many people just they're busy and they just order on Amazon, and Amazon takes a while for them to sometimes get books stocked up. And I have great news: as of two weeks ago, it is now available on Amazon. In fact, I checked this morning. I got You can get same-day delivery for When You Pray on Amazon.com. So if you just go to Amazon.com, you type in Sri, Edward Sri, S-R-I, uh, When You Pray, it'll come right up. And at least here in Colorado, I could get same-day delivery. I don't know where you're living, so I can't guarantee that. But it is on Amazon, and you can order it right now. Uh, again, the book is called When You Pray. Trust, surrender, and the transformation of your soul. And maybe this is something you could use for the Advent season to give your life to God more in prayer. Or maybe it's a Christmas gift you want to give to someone to go in their prayer life. Or I like to think about the New Year as another time. You know, many people do New Year's resolutions. Well, one of the best resolutions, you know, yes, go eat healthy food. And yes, go, you know, work out more. And, uh, you know, take take time for exercise. Whatever it is you want to do in the New Year. But Wow, do do we do we look at the new year and think about spiritual spiritual renewal? <laughs> I, I want to make a spiritual resolution. Uh, maybe maybe this is a book that could help you in the new year as well to get ready to walk with the Lord in all of 2024 uh, more deeply in the life of prayer. But when we're thinking about the season of Advent, I, I want to just draw some lessons from Mary's life that we can apply so that we could live Advent well this season. 
that we can really pull back from everything else that's going on. There's a lot of good things. You know, it's always really crazy in the three household in the month of December. You know, we've got many things going on. There's, you know, Christmas pageants, there's travel, there's visiting family, we're hosting people. I got now I got my college kids coming in at different times and there's always just lots going on. And then there's just getting the house ready and getting Christmas presents ready and there's there's so much going on in the month of December. It's easy to get distracted and miss out on what's most important. And I like to think about Mary because Mary, while she had a lot going on, I mean, she's getting ready for the Holy Son of God to come. <laughs> so she's pretty busy, I've got to believe. And there's a lot on her mind, I'm sure. I'm sure there were moments, you know, where she felt a little overwhelmed. We I mean, we know from scripture when the angel came and announced this, she, she was troubled. The angel had to say, do not be afraid, Mary. So in the midst of all of the, all that was going on in her life, she remained focused on what was most important. And I want to look at three things that she did. First, I want to talk about sacrifice. I want to talk about the sacrifices that Mary made, because that's an important part of Advent. I want to call this out because it's not mentioned enough in the Catholic world. I bet many of you have heard this, but there may be some of you that haven't as well, that Advent is a season of penance. It's a season of penance. Yes, you know, think about the vestments at Mass. What, what color do we see every Advent? We see purple. And when else do we see that? We see that in Lent. So there's a connection between Advent and Lent. Both are seasons of penance. Now, the penance in Advent isn't as somber. It's not as sorrowful, maybe not as intense as what you would have in, in Lent. But nevertheless, it's important. Every Catholic should be doing some kind of penance in the month of December, in these four weeks of Advent, we, we, we should be you know, giving up something, making a little sacrifice. This is the tradition in the early church. The early church started developing this. They actually had a 40-day period of preparation. So before it was, it, it used to be 40 days, similar to the 40 days of Lent. You know, so 40 days, you think about Jesus going in the desert for 40 days, Noah and the ark, you know, and, the, and it's raining for those 40 days. Uh, you think about the 40 years in the desert, the people of Israel wandering around. So it, 40 is a symbol, a, a number related to, to penance, to a, to a journey, a preparation for something. And, and that's what the early church picked up on, that, that this, these, these weeks leading up to Christmas is a time of penance. In fact, there was a, a period in, in many circles in the church where they, they described it as St. Martin's Lent. They, so the Feast of St. Martin takes place on, on November 11th. And they, they would say from the Feast of St. Martin all the way to Christmas, there should be fasting on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, or there'd be different ways that it was practiced. But they called it St. Martin's Lent. There was a sense in which from that feast day up to Christ, which was about 45 days, is for the coming of Christmas, that was a period of preparation and penance. And so when we look at the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, think about the sacrifices that she made. You know, think about how... She picked up and went to go visit her kinswoman, Elizabeth, to share the joy of the Christ child in her womb with Elizabeth's family and to help Elizabeth by bringing the Christ child and the baby, John the Baptist, and Elizabeth's womb, leaps in the womb. So so there's a sacrifice she had to make I mean, there. She could have just said, oh, I, I got a lot going on. I just need to stay at home and hunker down and get ready for the baby to come. <laughs> but no, she makes a sacrifice. She goes. Uh, I think about what she did when she had to go all the way down to Bethlehem. And, and give birth to this child in these austere conditions in such poverty. She has to put the baby in a manger, which is a, a feeding trough for the animals. That would have been really hard for any mom, you know, just 
you know, imagine there's no crib at home, you know, and, and, uh, all there is, is, you know, well, we have to put the baby where the, the goats are eating out of, <laughs> you know, in the manger, uh, you know, that, that would have been hard. I think about the many sacrifices Mary made, you know, and she had to travel down to Bethlehem in the last trimester of her pregnancy. All these things would have been hard, many sacrifices. But one of the places I see sacrifice very powerfully in Mary's life is in the presentation scene. So 40 days after the baby's born, you know the story. It's the fourth joyful mystery. And they bring the Christ child to the temple. And that was for two things. There was the purification of the mother because she had just given birth. And so she has to go through some kind of ritual purification before she could worship in the temple again. But there was also the ritual of the presentation of the child, which was always presenting the firstborn child, dedicating the child there at the temple. And what's fascinating is that normally what you would do is when you were presenting the child, you would bring um, a sacrifice of a pigeon or a turtle dove. You had to bring one bird and then you would bring a lamb. So you always had to bring one bird and a lamb. But there was an exception. In the book of Leviticus, it, it describes how, you know, if, if, if the family was too poor and couldn't afford a lamb, because lamb could be pricey, if there was a very poor family, they could still dedicate their child by simply offering two, two birds, so either two pigeons or two turtle doves. And when you read Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through following in the, the story of the presentation scene, do you remember what, what happens? Do you remember what they do? What kind of sacrifice do they offer that day? They bring the two birds. They, they couldn't afford the lamb. I don't know if we always pick up on this, but what that tells us is that Mary and Joseph were, were poor. They couldn't even afford a lamb. They didn't have the economic means. They're, they're, they're down in the lower class. This is, there were a lot of hardships. And yet they gave the best they could. And the best they could give were the two birds. So here's my question for you as we go into the season of Advent. What can you give? Can you give your best? Some of you are in a position in life where you can offer up many sacrifices, you know, and you're going to, you're going to go after, you're going to do some fasting. You're going to go and, you know, maybe do some acts of service. You're going to give up your favorite drink. You're going to give up your favorite dessert. You're going to avoid all those cookies uh, or whatever. You're, you're going to make these different sacrifices. And that's awesome. But maybe there's some of you in a position of life where the best you can do is, you know, I'm just going to offer up one little thing. I'm going to say one decade of the rosary each day. As I, I, that I don't have, I'm just stretched right now. I'm overwhelmed. I have a lot going on at work or there's some health issues I'm facing or there's something going on at home and I, I can't give everything right now, but I'm, I'm going to at least do this one small thing. I'm just going to offer a decade of the rosary each day. Maybe that's all you can do, but, but do something. Give the best that you can give. You know what Mary did? Is it's fascinating. You know, it's the best they could offer were the two the two birds. They didn't, you know, they didn't. It was, it was a very small gift. I think it's like the like the widow's mite. You know, she didn't have gold and silver to give. She just gave her one little tiny coin, but it was the best she could give, and it, and she gave her whole heart in it. But what's beautiful in this presentation scene is that it tells us in Luke two twenty two that they brought the child to the temple to present him to the Lord. Now, when you read that in English, you're just like, oh, present him to the Lord. Okay, we're going to go. Here we go. Ta-da, here we present to you, Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> you know, we think it's like we're presenting someone. Okay, I want to introduce you to someone. Uh, that, that's not what's happening here. It's fascinating. And, and Pope Benedict brought this out in, in his reflection on the scene. And other biblical scholars have made this point, is that the particular word that's used there in the Greek to describe 
presenting the child is the same word used to describe presenting a sacrifice. When you're presenting the, the animal, the lamb, to offer it up in sacrifice. And so you may look at the story and go, well, you know, they, they were poor and, that, and all they could do is offer the, the birds. And you say, oh, it's unfortunate they weren't able to offer the lamb. Shucks. They couldn't offer the lamb. But in a sense, they do. In a, in a very profound sense, they do. Jesus is that lamb. And when they're going and presenting the child, as Luke 2.22 says, they're not just introducing the child. I want to present to you Jesus. <laughs> they're not just like making him present there. They're presenting him like a sacrifice. He is the lamb. He's the lamb of God. And, and Mary and Joseph, are. It's just, the, the Bible's trying to reflect how, how this is the beginning of the letting go that they're offering this child. In fact, it's right here at this scene. You know what happens. Simeon, the prophet, will come and announce that this child is going to be hated, opposed. He's going to be plotted against, and one day he's going to be killed. A sword is going to pierce him, and that sword will pierce your soul also, Mary. So they give the best they can. They give the birds. But the real best that they offer is Jesus. And and the scriptures are 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 expressing how at this moment Mary and Joseph are already letting go. They're offering this Christ child, surrendering him to the Father's plan. Maybe this Advent, I want to give you a creative idea for Advent. You know, again, in terms of the sacrifice that you offer, and I think we all should do some kind of penance. It's good to give up something. So, you know, do what you think you need to do. You're going to give up screens. You're going to give up watching your favorite show. You're going to give up your, your favorite drink. You're going to give up your favorite sweet. You're going to give up your favorite food. There's something you're going to give up. That's a good thing to do. But the deeper sacrifices God wants reside in our hearts. And sometimes those are the hardest ones. where We have to surrender to something, and it's hard. And I don't want to surrender to this, Lord. I just wish I didn't have to bear this cross right now. I just wish this situation with this relationship were better. I wish this tense thing going on in the office were better. I, or I wish that this, this thing happening in my family life were better. And we could go and also do what Mary and Joseph did is present our hearts to God present ourselves to God, present the situation to God. In other words, we go and we make a sacrifice, say, Lord, this is really hard. I don't like that this person is treating me this way, or I don't like that my boss misunderstands me, or I don't like that there's this tension in my marriage right now, or I don't like what's going on with one of my kids right now. It, whatever it's going on, whatever's happening there, like there's a certain situation in our life that we can't control, and we wish we're different. And we could keep praying, that God will fix the situation in his way, in his time. But that's what we're doing. We're surrendering though. We're saying, but Lord, right now that you haven't changed that. And I trust that you know, your ways are, are, are not my ways. Your ways are better than my ways. And your timing is better than my timing. Well, I want it to be fixed in this way. And right now <laughs> I, I can't. So if you have something going on in your life right now, that you just really, it's, it's, it's an irritant, it's a pain, it's a, it's a suffering, it's a cross for you, and you wish it would just go away, keep, keep praying that God may change the situation. You can keep praying, but pray it with surrender. Say, but Lord, but if it's your will, this continues happening. I, I trust that there's some good in this. There's some good in this for me. You're teaching me patience through this, Lord, or you're teaching me to trust you more right now, but to act and surrender. Say, Lord, I accept that this is happening. I embrace this. It's, it, I, don't, 
I don't desire it in, in general, but if you're allowing it, I know you can use it for good. So I embrace this. I surrender it. That, that kind of sacrifice is more powerful than giving up chocolate, is <laughs> uh, it, surrendering to whatever God may be allowing a cross to, to unfold in your life right now in whatever ways he may be allowing that cross to unfold. Let's present it to the Lord. Let's surrender to it. Like Mary and Joseph surrendering their child to the father's plan. Okay. Really quickly, two other things you could do here. And these, these are really important ones, I think. First of all, uh, so we, we talked about sacrifice. Make some kind of sacrifice that could be an external sacrifice, an act of penance, giving up something, or as we just described, that interior sacrifice of surrendering to whatever God is allowing to happen in your life right now and trusting that he's caring for you, will strengthen you to carry this cross and bring good out of it. The second thing I want to talk about is having a recollected heart, a recollected peaceful heart in Advent. That's what Mary did. You know, do you ever, do you find that in December you have a distracted heart, <laughs> not as focused, or maybe just not just December, but throughout the year you have a restless heart, a stressed out heart, an overwhelmed heart, or an anxious heart worrying about many things? Was Mary's heart anxious? Was Mary's heart stressed? Was it distracted? No, she had a recollected heart, a peaceful heart, a heart that was looking interiorly attentive to the movements of the Holy Spirit in her life, attentive to God's presence with her. I think about Luke 2, 19, the Bible tells us that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. There was a lot going on in her life. There were many sufferings, many surprises, many difficulties. I mean, think about it. An angel appears and announces you're going to have a baby by the power of the Holy Spirit as a virgin. Like, boom, well, that's, that's a big surprise. You know, and you think about the the surprise of, okay, I got to move in my last trimester and go down to Bethlehem now. That's going to be really hard. <laughs> you know, how am I going to do that? I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I don't want to, I don't want to have to move at this moment. I, you can think about all that Mary was going through and then the hardship of giving birth to this child and in what the early Christians understood to be a cave. I mean, she's put out by the animals where, where the manger is and how hard that would have been. And then the, the surprise joy of angels, you know, appearing and announcing this to shepherds that show up. And there's so much going on in Mary's life, but she had a recollected heart. She kept all these things. She pondered them in her heart. And you see, it comes out in the Magnificat so beautifully, you know, after the angel appears to her, announces this amazing message, and she's traveling to visit her kinswoman, Elizabeth. You can just picture the whole way she's praying. She's remembering those words of the angel. She's remembering the words of scripture, the prophecies. She's reflecting on what God is calling her to. And so when she arrives and Elizabeth greets her with all this joy and praise, she bursts out in praise of her own, thanking the Lord in, in those wonderful words of the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary had a recollected heart with a lot going on, a lot happening in her life. She's got to move, got to pick up and go here and go there. And, and, and there's stresses, there's disappointment. She's not treated well, a uh, lot, lot happening, but she, she maintains a peaceful heart in the midst of it, a recollected heart, remembering the presence of God with her. So in this month of December, I want you to live not December, but Advent <laughs> and be like Mary and have a recollected heart. Now, how do you do that? That's easier said than done. But one thing to do is if you can block out time for prayer each day, I've already mentioned that, and maybe you're already doing that, but in Advent, it's a good thing to do a little extra prayer. And maybe you just block out 
five minutes in the middle of the day. You just take five minutes in the middle of the day to just pull back from what you're doing and just sit in the quiet presence of God or just sit with his word and scripture. So again, if you're, if you're already praying every day, I want to encourage you to do a little more. Maybe, maybe it's you stop by the Blessed Sacrament Chapel on your way to work or when you're running errands or on your way home, that you just make a commitment. I'm just going to stop by and visit Jesus in the, in the Blessed Sacrament. I'm going to visit him in my, in my church or if I have an adoration chapel. You know, maybe that's not feasible. You live too far away or your state of life doesn't allow that. You can just pull back in the middle of your day. Maybe it's before you eat lunch or right after lunch. You just spend five minutes sitting in God's quiet presence. Can you, can you find five minutes extra? You do something a little extra, a little extra devotion for Jesus in prayer. If you're not praying every day, Advent is a wonderful season to start building that habit, to build in that time for quiet time with the Lord. Okay, so we talked about sacrifice, exterior sacrifices or interior sacrifices of surrendering to something going on in our lives. Secondly, we talked about having a recollected heart. And one of the best ways to do that is to pull back in the middle of our day and have a little extra time for prayer. And the last thing I want to just remind us is this, put people first, put people first in Advent. Advent, we could be so busy. We're just running around. So many things going on. We could be so stressed. We're not present to our spouse because we're so stress packing and getting ready to host people and driving kids here and there. And I'm not present to my spouse or I'm not present to my kids. I'm so busy packing and you know, wrapping pre- presents and shipping them off. And, I, I, and I'm, I'm just too busy there. And I'm, I'm not as present to my children. Let's be present to the people in our lives, to my roommate, to my colleagues, to my friends. Because Mary, if you ever had to pick somebody that could have an excuse for being overwhelmed and just being had too much going on, I would say it's Mary. I mean, are you preparing to welcome the Son of God actually, you know, you know, physically into your house, you know, you know, most of us aren't doing that, right? But Mary's getting ready to welcome the Christ child into this world. She's got the baby Jesus in in her womb and she had a lot to get ready for, but Mary just didn't focus on herself. She was remembering Elizabeth. She went in haste. She went in haste to go visit Elizabeth to help her in her old age and her last trimester of Elizabeth's pregnancy and wanted to be there and bring the joy of the Christ child to her, she thought of others. Let's do the same thing. And in, in, in these weeks of Advent, it's tempting to be running in haste, doing many other things in haste to the mall and haste to the post office and haste to running around the house, cleaning things up. And, and we need to do those things maybe, but let's, let's keep a recollected spirit and have that time for prayer. Let's make sure we're doing some sacrifice, but let's also thirdly put people first and remain focused on spending time, prioritize it. I know one great thing to do is just to block out time, say, you know what? I'm going to make sure I get this time with my kids. We're going to do these different things with, with just dad and the kids in these weeks of Advent. I'm going, to, I'm going to do something just with my wife. I'm going to do something with this, this person that's lonely. If to block out that time and you put that first, and then everything else, you know, will will sort itself out in the way it needs to. But if I if I allow the pressures of buying the gifts and getting the house ready and driving here and going to this, if I put that first, then I I, I that's likely to crowd out my relationships with others. And so this Advent, let's make those sacrifices. Let's make time for prayers. So we can have a recollected heart and not an anxious heart, not a distracted heart. And let's also make sure we put people first, blocking out time to spend time with those that need our love and attention the most. 
All right, my friends, if you're looking for a resource that could help you have that deeper interior life to go deeper with the Lord in prayer, you can check out my book that is now available on Amazon. It's called When You Pray, Trust, Surrender, and the Transformation of Your Soul. You can go to Amazon.com right now. At least in Colorado, you can get same-day shipping. It'll arrive on the same day even. Uh, maybe you'll get it in a couple days, but it hasn't been on Amazon until just a couple weeks ago. You can go there. You can also go right to Ascension Press, of course, ascensionpress.com slash when you pray. You can go there as well. Ascensionpress.com slash when you pray. Thanks for listening and have a blessed Advent.